Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book a random walk down Wall Street for you. Let's first tell you a story. Most of us think of the Netherlands when we think of tulips. But as a matter of fact, before its introduction to the Netherlands, the tulip was a rare plant native to Turkey. How did the tulip prevail in the Netherlands and become a representative symbol of the country? There is something legendary about it. In 1593, a botany professor brought tulip bulbs from Vienna to Leiden, and during the subsequent decade, tulips became a popular but expensive flower among the Dutch. Later, a non-lethal virus called mosaic infected some of the flowers, causing stripes in contrasting colors to grow on the petals and giving the flower a bizarre beauty. The Dutch highly appreciated the bulbs, and within a short time the public had developed a shared passion for the flower. Dutch aristocrats, citizens, farmers, sailors, houseboys, maids, and even chimney sweeps were all happily engaged in the tulip business. Tulip prices rapidly increased, and the more exotic the bulbs, the higher the price. In the final years of the tulip craze, people began trading jewelry, land, and personal furniture for the bulbs. There were even financial instruments on the market to help tulip speculators. These were the crazy times. But it turned out to be the final stage of the tulip mania. In January 1637, prices for tulip bulbs rose by a factor of 20. By February, prices nosedived and continued to be in free fall. The market losses snowballed, and tulip bulbs lost their value, becoming almost worthless and selling at a lower price than ordinary onions. This is a familiar story, isn't it? The tulip bulb craze was the world's first documented financial bubble. Since then, the Wall Street crash of 1929, the Japanese property bubble of the 1990s, and the subprime mortgage crisis that swept the world in 2008 have been nothing more than repetitions of the famous tulip mania. We fall into the same trap over and over as we go from reason to frenzy. Why have there been so many speculation frenzies even though we see the same story play out again and again throughout history? How should we as investors avoid investment traps and obtain positive returns in the stock market? A random walk down Wall Street gives us the answer. Before getting into the book's content, we'd like to explain its title A Random Walk Down Wall Street. We are all familiar with Wall Street. It is the financial center of the United States. So, what does random walk mean? It actually has two meanings. First, it refers to the ease with which readers can navigate the financial markets as if on a leisurely stroll down Wall Street. Second, Random walk signifies that short-term fluctuations in stock prices cannot be predicted. Therefore, the authors suggest that we be wary of investment experts who claim to be able to predict the direction of share prices. The author also believed that buying and holding index funds will yield better returns than buying and selling individual stocks or actively managed funds. We'll talk more about that later. The author of the book Malkiel is an outstanding professional investment manager and a scholar with profound accolades. He received his PhD from Princeton University and later served as director of the Benheim Center for Finance and chair of the economics department at Princeton. 
Malkiel also served as a member of the Council of Economic Advisors and was dean of the Yale Business School for eight years. In addition to these notable positions, he sits on the boards of several large well-known companies. He is also known to have held on to his favorite investments for 30 years, making above-market profits. Next, we will explain the core ideas of a random walk down Wall Street in three parts. First, are Wall Street elites reliable? Second, ways to reduce investment risks. Third, three types of random walk investment methods. Let's start with the first question, are Wall Street elites reliable? You may wonder why couldn't Wall Street investment analysts and securities traders make predictions ahead of the financial crisis, like weather stations before a storm? Aren't they professional? To address this question, Malkiel quipped that blindfolded chimpanzee throwing darts at the stock listings can select a portfolio that performs as well as those managed by the experts. This is his way of asserting that the Wall Street elites aren't reliable. To judge the Wall Street elites accurately, let's take a look at their stock picking methods. According to their different stock analysis methods, we can divide these elites into two groups, technical analysts and fundamental analysts. Technical analysis in a nutshell is the process of plotting and interpreting stock charts. These analysts plot the lowest, highest, and closing prices of stocks on a daily basis, using a vertical line to connect the three dots representing the prices. This is done each day to complete the preliminary charts they would analyze. They create many terms like resistance level, support levels, pierces the neckline, and violating the lows that later catch on. The technical analyst method can be summed up as looking at pictures and explaining things. They don't even bother understanding a company's industry or business as long as they have charts. They believe that all important information about a company's earnings, dividends, and future performance is automatically reflected in its share prices. Therefore, they think they can understand a company's fundamentals simply by studying its past stock price. Furthermore, they believe that stock prices will always move in line with the trend. They can determine when to buy and sell in the future by identifying the trend based on the stock's previous movements. They also believe that a stock that is rising tends to keep on rising, whereas a stock at rest tends to remain at rest. Now, why are these analysts so confident in the trends reflected by the charts? It's because they know well how mass psychology and herd mentality work in stock market. For example, when people see a positive stock trend, they will follow the trend and push the price higher. Also, the public tends to believe that people have unequal access to information about a company's good or bad dynamics. Therefore, when a company has good news, with the spread of the news, more and more people will know. Thus, more people buy its shares and push up the price. Technical analysts also believe that investors tend to be slow to react to new information in the market at first. Investors adjust slowly and gradually instead of pouncing. Hence, when an upward or downward trend appears, it tends to last for a while. Let's next examine whether what they believe is true in reality. Is there a consistent pattern to the rise and fall of stock prices? Some scholars use the data from major U.S. exchanges to track the stock prices from the emergence of the stock market to the beginning of the 20th century. They found that past stock price changes cannot be used as a reliable basis for predicting future changes. Therefore, 
The technical analysis approach can't help investors make a fortune in the stock market, as evidenced by their investment performance history. Malkiel said he has never seen a successful technical analyst, but he has seen many who failed miserably. In addition to seeing the ineffectiveness of technical analysis from a practical point of view, we can also refute it through theory. Technical analysts believe that stock prices will continue to rise when there are positive signs in the market. However, Malkiel said such techniques are ultimately self-defeating. As more and more people use it, the value of any technique depreciates. No buy or sell signal can be worthwhile if everyone tries to act on it simultaneously. Suppose the stock price of a company stays around $20. One day, the company suddenly develops a new production process, which is expected to double its profit and share price. Once such information is disclosed, the market will react quickly, and the stock price can rocket to about $40. Malkiel summed up the process in one sentence, if some people know that the price will go to $40 tomorrow, it will go to $40 today. Technical analysis has also given rise to some pretty half-baked theories, such as hemline theory and the Super Bowl indicator. Hemline theory contends to have found a historical relationship between the length of women's hemlines and stock prices. The theory argued that you only need to look at the hemline on women's dresses to tell whether the stock market has gone up or down this year. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries for example, stock markets were rather dull, and women's hemlines were low. After a while, the great bull run of the 1920s arrived as hemlines moved up. Then, long skirts came back into fashion and hemlines fell again followed by the great stock market crash of the 1930s. Hemline theory and similar theories may fit in some years, but a year-by-year examination reveals that it is nothing more than an unbased causation. The book explains in detail that the ladies' dress actually fell in 1927, yet the peak of a great bull market came after that. Now that we have revealed the folly of technical analysis, let's look at fundamental analysis. About 90% of Wall Street securities analysts use fundamental analysis. How does it work? These analysts judge the fair value of a company by estimating its sales, operating costs, tax rates, depreciation, and the sources and costs of its capital requirements. This approach may sound more rational than technical analysis, but does it really work? In fact, we only need to look at the investment performance of securities analysts to find out. Malkiel picked some of Wall Street's most prestigious firms and compared their analysis with actual data from the companies involved. It turns out that the predictions of these analysts who conduct a lot of industry research and data analysis were not as accurate as some of the simplest forecasting models. In other words, if you pay a professional to do fundamental analysis before you invest, you won't get much better returns than if you just buy random stocks. By now, you might be feeling a bit confused. Fundamental analysis sounds reasonable, and with so many people using it, how can it be useless? According to the author, several factors influence share price forecasts made by fundamental analysts. An example is the effects of randomness. Many important changes that affect a company's prospects are by their very nature random and unpredictable. For example, in the biotechnology industry, a company announced in 2013 that it was hopeful of developing a drug to treat liver cancer, sending its share price soaring. However, 
the drug ultimately failed to meet the standards of clinical trials, and the stock plummeted, losing 90% of its value. Aside from the effect of randomness, a more critical factor is that companies often falsify and produce unreliable financial statements. A company's income statement is like an iceberg floating on the sea. What analysts and investors can see surely is important, but what lies below sea level is far more important. For example, some companies often report pro forma earnings, which means that all bad expenses are not included, rather than actual earnings. They hope to let investors see the bright future of their company through this lie, and keep driving up the stock price. Companies like Kodak, Xerox, Motorola, and others have more or less tampered with their financial statements. As a result, analysts are actually in a fog. If that is the case, then how reliable can their forecasts be? Besides, you'll find that securities analysts rarely advise investors to sell stocks. They would suggest buying more often. That's because since the 1970s, brokerages have made a large portion of their profits from selling new shares and getting paid hefty underwriting fees. To help companies sell more shares, analysts are essentially no longer providing investors with objective analysis. They are doing what they can to get deals done. For example, if you hire an investment analyst, when he says buy, he probably means hold. When he says hold, he's probably euphemistically telling you to get rid of this crap. In general, fundamental analysis is not objective and effective, nor is it reliable. Even Benjamin Graham, the legendary Wall Street investor known as the father of fundamental analysis, reluctantly concluded that people could no longer rely on fundamental analysis to deliver outstanding returns. Of course if you want to learn more about rational analysis and investing, we also have a bookie devoted to investment guru Graham's masterpiece The Intelligent Investor for you to listen to. Okay, so that's the first part of the story. Let's do a quick review. Securities analysts on Wall Street can be divided into two groups, technical analysts and fundamental analysts. The technical analyst method can be summed up as looking at pictures and talking about things. This approach is unreliable as it uses historical data to predict the future, and it has been proven that stock prices do not have trends. The fundamental analysis method considers the company's sales, operating costs, tax rates, depreciation, and the sources and costs of its capital requirements. Still, random events always accompany the company's development. Also, data distortion and subjective analysis lead to the failure of this method. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de. 